This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. Lynn McNeilis is founder of Fave4, a Texas-based hair care line. Lynn launched Fave4 after years of experience in the professional salon industry because she wanted to make higher-quality, high-performing, affordable, clean formulas for the professional market and for women and busy moms like herself. It was all born from wanting to take a leap of faith to build something she knew she would love, which explains her title, CEO, which for Lynn stands officially for Chief Excitement Officer. Because if you don't love what you do and voice that excitement, how can you get others to love it? Coming up, you'll hear how it all happened quickly. The challenges of the seeming stigma of being a beauty brand from Texas. The importance of making sure her kids knew what she does. Why who you surround yourself with matters so much how a community was built from faithful users and their reviews, why the challenge of learning the ropes of doing business on Amazon is worth it, how coming from a dance background led to Lynn and her company giving back even though they were still just an emerging brand, why it pays to have the right systems in place from the beginning, and why Lynn's journey to her vision is never quite finished. So Lynn, let's step into the time machine together. Tell me about the exact moment you made the decision to become a hair product entrepreneur. Tell me about the moment and tell me about the first thing you did next after you said, okay, this is happening, then what? I'll tell you the truth is I don't actually remember because it happened pretty quickly when I said, you know, let's, let's kind of take this leap of faith. Um, I had been working for an amazing company for a long time, and um, I was starting my family. And so I just got married and, and just found out that I was pregnant and decided that I, why not? Let's just shake everything up, right? <laughs> Let's go ahead and start a, start a company and, and a brand and, and all, of the, all of the above. So um, I, I took that leap of faith, and um, my husband and I were actually living in London at the time. So we, um, we got back to America. And I um, kind of finished my, my, my project that I was working on for uh, my other company. And um, the first thing I did after I left the other company was have a baby. <laughs> and then, um, and then all those uh, sleepless nights, I started thinking and planning and working on, um, on lots of new things. So, so what made you want to start your own brand? So a few years after, you know, kind of working, I did consulting right, right away. So I um, started working on lots of other different things. And uh, then a few years down the road, decided that, um, you know, it was, it was coming from where you were, you know, building a brand. So not just creating a product, not just uh, making a formula, but I was working with a company that we were actually building brands. Um, I missed that aspect of it. So um, decided that it's time. I, I, I've, I've done this for years now. I, these chemists are my friends. I've known them for 20 years. Um, let's, let's see if we can build something that you know, I would be proud of. So if I was going to make my own hair brand, 
what would it be like? And it was, that was my dream was to make something that I could do that was, um, fun to use. That was, you know, a clean, clean formulations that, uh, really was inclusive and family friendly because that was a focus for me at that very moment. Obviously, uh, I have three little girls and they have a lot of hair. And so, you know, I didn't know I was going to have three little <laughs> girls, but, um, but I think that's just, that was my, that was the plan for me. You know, that was, that was my path. And, and, um, and so creating product that were clean, products that were clean, that really worked and, um, that were fun to use and really, um, made people's experience of styling their hair easier because it can be very complicated. Yeah. No, especially everyone has different texture, right? So it gets, <laughs> look, I always say that, you know, cause people often, you know, they maybe have an issue using a product or something. But, uh, one of the things I always say is that, you know, we're all starting with a different canvas. Our hair is all made up, you know, very differently. We come from different backgrounds. Um, so we come from different climates, you know, it, our hairs react differently. Then we all, you know, use different products. So we all have different methods. Some of us like to be, you know, much more um, hands-on and, and like to do all the things with curling and straightening. And some of us like to be low maintenance. Um, but then we all want a certain style. So within that journey, you know, there really, there takes a lot to get, you know, success and find something that you really love. And when you do, you, you know, stick with it. Years ago, when I started it for a brand that was clean, but still worked um, and still gave you a great style, you know, you shouldn't have to sacrifice a great style for a clean formula. Yeah. So going through that adventure of finding like the right formula can be kind of difficult, right? Because you're trying things, the development portion of it sometimes is can take a long time, can take a short time. It just kind of depends. And so how did you navigate through that phase of your business? Um, you know what? I still am navigating through that, that phase. I feel like it's never finished. You know, just today, this morning, I was speaking with um, my graphic artist and we were just talking about branding and talking about formulations too. And, um, you know, you're always always testing. You have to sacrifice your own style sometimes and not knowing what this product's going to do for you. I mean, you think you have an idea of what it's going to do to your hair and you just kind of have to go with it. And, and maybe that day you might not have the best hair because maybe the product didn't work. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can hit the nail on the head the first go around and you get products that are just amazing. Um, it takes a really good relationship and a really clear um, back and forth with your chemist, um, a really clear um, vision, you know, and look, sometimes I have a very clear vision of what I need. And sometimes I don't, sometimes it takes experimenting with products. Like I'll have a kooky idea. Um, and I'll sit and talk with, um, our chemists for a long time. And, and sometimes they turn into products and sometimes <laughs> they just don't. <laughs> yeah. So you have this title chief excitement officer. Can you explain to me what that means to you and why that title? Look, I, um, you know, I, I really believe that if you don't, if you don't love what you do and you don't, um, you know, embrace it, how, how are you ever going to get anyone else to love what you make? So, you know, my job is to bring the excitement. So I, I bring the products that hopefully, 
you know, I'm excited about, so I want you to be excited about it because if you're not, then why use it, right? Like you don't, you don't go places that don't make you happy. You don't watch movies that don't make you happy. So why would you use products that don't make you happy and don't um, kind of fulfill your needs and, and create an experience for you? So, you know, when I look at things, when I look at names, when I look at, um, you know, formulas, when I, when I, when I lather it in my hair, when I spray it in the air, if it doesn't, you know, if it doesn't have a, a, a bit of excitement to it, then I don't want it. <laughs> yeah, what's the point? No, that's amazing. Coming from the background of working with, you know, a large hair product company before launching your own brand, what have you learned from there that you have applied to your own business of maybe mistakes that were made there that you're making sure that you're not doing in your own brand? Look, um, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that, that a lot of what I know now comes from either my own mistakes or watching someone else's. And that's just par for the course when you are doing something that's not the norm. When you are kind of breaking a barrier or you are trying something that no one else has tried before, that's just going to happen. And that's okay. It's not the mistake that builds you. It's what what you do after to um, make it better or to, uh, you know, whatever you've learned from the process. Um, You know, we would have meetings upon meetings upon meetings about things and sometimes there still were mistakes, right? And it's just because we were pushing, we were pushing forward on things that hadn't been done before. And um, that's exciting. That's thrilling. But at the same time, it's a little scary. (laughs) And so, you know, even in my, my daily life or, or, you know, building my own brand, there's some things and I, I try to choose, right? There's some things that I feel like, I'm okay taking this chance. And, you know, when it is your own company and you're a small business and you're trying to build, there are some things you just don't take chances on. And, um, you know, as, as you get bigger and as, as you kind of grow, you can decide to take a few more chances, I think. Yeah. No, and, you know, being in the Dallas area, right? Um, I think we were talking about this a little prior to this. Um, and there's not that many brands here, right? They're geographically, I think Austin, California, and probably the East Coast have more e-commerce or just brands in general. So did you ever feel like your location plays um, a factor into the growth of the business? I, yes. Um, Let's just say yes and no. I feel like it is great because, you know what, we're in the middle of the country. So I can I can get anywhere. I can, um, you know, I, I feel like I can be this this middle um, middle of the road between connecting East Coast and, and West Coast, and um, you know, uh, talking to my my New York people and my LA, you know, businesses. But um, but being in Texas, I do think there's a little bit of you know, like you know, beauty brand out of Texas. That's that is. I, I think there is a little bit of a stigma to that. That maybe you know we're since we're not in LA or New York, but um, we're so connected these days, and especially now we're so connected that um, I mean you can see the world on your on your laptop, you know, yeah. your phone, and I think that that's truly helped build um, build a brand and make connections. I mean, most of the the people I should say most I mean I'd say ninety percent of you know the people that we work with and the people that we connect with we've made friends through Instagram or Facebook or 
um, or, or Snapchat. I mean, this is how we are connecting with people who are like-minded or who are beauty enthusiasts like us. And um, it's really kept it kind of a small, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. small company, but was like our extended family <laughs> to help grow the brand. Yeah, I know. Um, what have you felt like for your business, like Fave 4 has been a pivotal point of changing your business? And then what happened? We launched as a professional salon brand only. So we start what we worked through distributors and we were only sold in salons. Um, but as we all know, you can buy any brand pretty much anywhere now. And that is, you know, that's not necessarily how it was, let's say eight years ago, but it's certainly like that now. So we had to make a decision whether or not we were going to stick with professional distributors and only be sold through salons, or we would kind of take matters back in our own hands and really just be a brand that was available. We could sell directly to the salon or we could sell, you know, we're now in Sally Beauty um, and we're looking at other places as well because what we realized the most important thing was that we were attainable. So, you know, we wanted people to be able to get us easily. Um, and, And also, you know, I was always in this professional salon uh, business. And so that's a very prestigious business. I mean, to only be available in salons, that's a very, you know, that's, that's a high bar. It's, it's quality products. It's sold through hairdressers. Um, but, you know, when you now are available and now, we, you know, we're available on Amazon, you know, that it, it bothered me just a little bit. But then I, I realized that as long as we were not changing our identity and who we were and what we stood for and our quality of products, that being available was more important. So we sell directly to the salons. Um, stylists can purchase on our website for their discounted pricing um, that they buy their wholesale pricing. So as long as we were keeping true to all of that, I felt like it was a wise decision to be able to, you know, to service more people. So you mentioned how you guys are on Amazon, right? Yes. So that's a whole beast of its own, um, as you as you probably already know. So how was like learning the ropes on getting on Amazon and selling through there and making sure you're making a profit through Amazon as well? In fact, we just we we we're constantly evaluating the business, right? So constantly running numbers and um, and spreadsheets and and because it's not just the cost of your product, right? There's transportation, there are fees for everything. Um, so really putting that all together to kind of figure out where our best avenue is, and and really you have to do all of them. I, I think that you know you have to do that so that people can find you. Um, but it was tricky. And look, we're still learning on Amazon right now. I'm still learning how to successfully promote our brand um, so that people maybe not are not looking for us by name, but they might be looking you know, for a type of product that we do really well. So we want to make sure that we show up in their searches. Um, it's a tricky little bugger. I'll tell you that yeah. it's it's tricky on Amazon, but we have great we have a great partner that we work with that um, kind of helps us navigate it as well because it is a beast. Yeah, and hair care in itself is like a competitive industry. So it is. Were there times that you've had to overcome the fear that you you know the brand might not make it or you might not penetrate the market? Yes. I mean, of course, I'd be, I'd be lying if I say that I didn't. I mean, I, I think of that every day. 
Um, and I think that, especially now with social media and the sharing of all information, I do think that there it's a big competitive space, but then I also think that is also a big demand. And, you know, we all have to, we all have to fix our hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we all have to wash our hair. We all want to style our hair. So I do feel like there's enough to go around. Um, but it is, you know, those little things that drive brands now were very different back then. I think it's always changing. I, I had a, a conversation with someone this morning talking about a brand. And one of the things that you have to think of is, is it pretty enough that someone wants to put it on their, you know, Instagram? Or does someone want to make a fun video with it in it because it's pretty or it works great? I mean, those are, those are, you know, really important factors to consider when designing or, you know, when, when picking out a fragrance, I mean, you want to make it memorable. So people feel passionate about it and feel connected to it so that they want to share about it. Yeah. What you're doing, you want to make sure people want to share about it, want to tell their friends, want to tell their followers, whoever it is. What conversations did you have with yourself to push through that fear? Hmm. So I, um, I have terrible anxiety in, in general. Yeah. I am like OCD. I, I get very nervous about things. Um, I overthink things in general in life, um, but especially with products and I'll have, you know, wake up in the middle of the night thinking like, did I have enough people test it? Or, you know, did I get the right feedback or was that fragrance direction the right direction? You know, I, I, I really do wake up in the middle of the night thinking these things. Um, but I have to keep telling myself that no matter what, I mean, we, we, you know, I, I could, I could change things forever. At some point you kind of have to draw the line and say, this is it. We're going for it. And we're moving forward. It's great. It's beautiful. Um, it works. People love it. And now we are just going to convince people. So, um, I think you had asked me about something about the, um, about products, but it's like, okay, I can have a great product, but then what? So then what, then what do we do? We need to tell people about it. We need to tell people how to use it. So it's never going to be successful if it just sits on the shelf. You know, we have to show people how to use it. We have to, you know, teach them how to use it the correct way because not everybody knows. And so, you know, if you can share that information, it makes it so much more powerful. Um, so it's not necessarily about the little details that keep me up at night, but more about, you know, taking it and, and pushing it through and sharing. So it's tough to go to the next level alone, right? When someone comes to the moment of then what, like pivotal turning points in their company, what are some of the things you think they should be thinking about and what advisors or professionals are important for them to bring in um, to consult with? So, you know, I, I think that every few years and every few, you know, when you get to a certain dollar amount, we get to a certain point in your growth cycle, you have to do an evaluation. Um, I, I feel like we're in one of those right now where we have to say what's working, what's not working. And it's important, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative person. So I'm thinking, I think emotionally often, Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's important for me to pair up with those logical um, financial analysts to come in and, and tell you with numbers where you sit so that you can go in with a creative brain and, and figure out, you know, how to massage it and how to, how to make those, analytics work for you. 
So, you know, you, you may think that you're the best in one area. Like I may think like, oh, we're great. You know, we're, we're doing, we're doing great selling on Amazon, let's say. Right. But then maybe the numbers show up and, and, and maybe you're doing better on your own website. Right. So maybe you're more profitable there, but maybe you still, you still need Amazon though. Right. So these are these things that, you know, you have a lot of pros and cons and you have to figure out your strengths and weaknesses and are and, and those are going to constantly change. You know, I I don't think that every year you may have the same strengths, and sometimes they can be validated, and sometimes they can't. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at Ellen Accounting and visit us, or contact me directly at ellenaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to Then What Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO, or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at lnaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's lnaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. You know, you mentioned that like, you know, you obviously had your first child and then started your business, right? Right. Almost right after. And now you have three beautiful girls. Um, How has that been like managing your, your business and your brand that's emerging, right? And also managing family and kids it's hard (laughs) um it's a challenge and I'm forever grateful for that challenge um but balance is everything and sometimes I am some days I should say I am winning I am just I am winning at balance I've got it all together some days I'm terrible terrible um just like I might be emotionally involved in a project and it's just hard for me to put it down or hard for me to stop, you know, what I'm doing to go and walk down the street to get my girls from school. So I try to include them often mm-hmm. so that they don't think that mommy just goes and, you know, goes in her office or she's always on her laptop or she's always on her phone because I am. That's just <laughs> where all my work is, right? Um, you know, I don't want them to always see me on my phone. So I do try to include them. I uh, did a tutorial the other day with my, one of my twins, I have twin girls. Um, you know, I, 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 she had been waiting. She was super excited and, you know, having them be a part of it and having them see what I do and, and be able to then see themselves on Instagram, they understand what mommy does. And so it makes it a little bit easier that I, ha- that I do it all the time. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but I do sometimes like totally put everything away and, and especially on the weekends or like on Saturday mornings, it's, it's all, it's all for them, but it helps that they have a lot of hair. Yeah. That's very helpful for the business. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, guinea pigs. Um, like <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, yes. And I make them try stuff and, you know, even at, at like, let's say their baths at night and, um, I, I use five different conditioners on Aww. one of my twins the other night because I was trying, uh, deep conditioning masks. And then we were trying, you know, detangling um, sprays. So they feel important when they're part of that business too, you know, part of it, but, but it's difficult. And 
juggling many tasks because think about, you know, what you don't think about is that, you know, besides just work and besides just taking care of them, it's all the other house duties that have to happen as well, right? I try to keep a focus and there are certain times of the day I say, this is what I'm doing right now. And that, that helps me. Yeah. As a growing brand, you guys are also doing like giving back, right? Giving back to the community. And that's very rare because usually you'll start seeing that with more established brands or like bigger brands as donations and charities that they're trying to give back to. But it's inspiring and very motivational to see startups and, um, you know, emerging brands also kind of do the same thing from the get go. Um, How did that idea come to you and why were you motivated to donate back and the, some of the funds to charity? Um, I love that question. You know, we, um, since we started, we would always do little things like whenever there was opportunity, I'm originally from South Louisiana. So there were quite a few, you know, hurricane efforts that we were able to, um, help with either donating shampoo and conditioners or, you know, little things along the way. But after the year of 2020, <laughs> um, after that year, we decided that, it, you know, it's really time to do more. I mean, we had been in our houses. We had watched the news. I mean, it, it, there was, you know, all the things of 2020, but w- there were many great things that came out of it. And one of it was just kind of getting back to basics and getting back and, and learning what, you know, makes you tick and what makes motivates you and keeps you going. And then it's also thinking about, what can I do for others the same way and, and make me feel better by giving to others. So we, um, we started looking at charities. We started looking at different charities and different organizations that meant something personally. Um, you know, I, I think there's some really great large organizations that, you know, we, we have partnered with in the past, but we wanted to do something to organizations that were maybe a little bit smaller, kind of like us, right? Where we could partner together. So this, we decided we were going to pick four different um, charities this year and we were going to switch each quarter. So give about three months that we would work with them. And so this first quarter of this year, we're working with Project Beauty Share and um, it's an amazing organization and they collect um, beauty products and they work with different shelters, different women's shelters, um, if it's women who have escaped um, abuse to homelessness. Um, and because the food stamps and, and, and the government funding doesn't cover beauty products. Um, and it's something that, I mean, you know, as women, like it makes you feel better. You know, I mean, when you use something that smells great, that looks beautiful, that makes you feel beautiful, it can be very empowering. And so this is what this organization does. And um, we're partnering with them. So on our on our website, when you check out, you can add like one, two or three dollars that will go straight to them. Or, um, you know, we will be giving products to them at the end of this. So we will be donating shampoos and conditioners um, for their organization. Then in quarter two, we already have lined up, um, uh, it's called Donate to Dance, and they collect dance shoes for, um, you know, underprivileged kids who want to participate in dance or theater classes. And I have three little girls that dance. I was a dancer my entire life um, and through college. And so that is very near and dear to my heart. But um, you know, so we're doing that with them to collect dance shoes around the area. But of course, dance is important, and and we have a we have a um, a promotion that'll start soon on the website. But 
dance hair is a big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we support a lot of dance, um, the pro and semi-pro dance teams in Dallas. Um, and we've started branching out to support teams across the country. And um, this kind of just brings all our dance family together. So that's an interesting thing. So you came from the dance background, right? So you danced, like you said, all throughout your life and through college. And um, how did you make that transition from being a dancer to getting into the hair um, <laughs> professional industry? You know, it's a very natural transition, really? actually. Um, so, I yes, yeah, so I danced in college, and then um, I competed in dance my entire, like, growing up, yeah. right? And I didn't realize how much of a product junkie or hair junkie that I really was um, until I, you know, got out of college, started this job um, at this amazing company back in, gosh, 20 years ago, and thought, um, I was born for this. This <laughs> I was born for this job. Um, it's it's a very girly job. But you think about, you know, we all we always talk about like shampoos and conditioners, which are very important, but you've got to have styling products. I mean, you have to be able, I mean, if you're gonna dance, you're high performance, you're maybe outside, humidity, or you're on stage, and you know, there's so many aspects that come to dance hair, and so Styling products are a must and really good ones are a must. And so, um, yeah, it was a perfect transition for me. It's like combining all of my, you know, all, all of my elements of my life together. <laughs> what does the future look like for Fave 4? Um, what does it look like in 2021? So 2021, we uh, will be launching a few new products for 2021, some that have been in demand for quite some time. Um, we'll be getting a few new retailers that we will launch in. I can't announce them just yet, but we're super excited. And we're also going to be wrapping up the development of a new brand. Um, it'll be a brand extension of Fave 4. So it won't be exactly Fave 4. It'll be something new. Um, but it has, it actually goes along with the theme that we've been talking about. Um, it, it has a, a very important purpose and I'm thrilled to launch it. I can't tell you too much, but it's super exciting. And then I'm also working on um, a brand for someone else right now. So that's also fun. That's amazing. Any, yeah. Anything else that you would want to share with um, aspiring entrepreneurs or anyone that's starting up their own business? Yes. Um, you know, the, being an entrepreneur is certainly not for the weak. Um, you've got to have some thick skin. <laughs> You'll meet people along the way that will build you up and be your biggest fans. And those are the people that carry you through. Um, you know, I have the best husband. I have the best family. Um, I have the best mentors that I worked with in the past that I still consult with to this day. Um, and they are the ones that truly carry you through. So find your Find your village, find your team that maybe not is who you work with every day, but it's those people you call up. It's those people you sh shoot a text to to say, what do you think this looks like? Um, those are the people that carry you through because there's always going to be someone crushing your dream. Always, no matter how great it is, someone is going to crush it. And that's okay because yeah. that gives you a moment to be able to go, hmm, why they crush my dream and how can I make this better? Cause that's usually what motivates me is when someone tells me I can't do it. Or if someone tells me, you know, it's not going to work, that just motivates me more. But, um, there's always going to be those people. So find those, those 
those non-paid consultants is, <laughs> is, is kind of what I call them. Those people that can help you, um, you know, get through and, and you can bounce ideas off of. Tell me about the moments in your company when you knew investing in innovation and technology, whether it's packaging, commerce solutions, or communication was necessary and how you went about discovering and implementing those solutions. One of the biggest investments that you have to make right now, of course, is your website. I mean, you think about the, the, the look of your website is obviously really important, making it mobile friendly, but partnering with the right provider to uh, on the back end, right? To make sure that all your systems are in place, um, making sure that, you know, the transactions that are happening um, are, are, are seamless. And then also, you know, a few years ago, we switched over and we have a, a new provider for inventory. So inventory management, the whole database with, um, you know, working with, we use QuickBooks, all of those systems. I mean, you can use for a long time, we used the like, you know, the, the cheapest plan. I don't say cheap, but you know, the, the plan that was the easiest, kind of the, the entry level plan. But at some point, it pays to truly have the systems that can manage it for you. Because if not, you're going to be going, you know, back and forth and you're going to be diving in to figure out how things happen. But it is so nice to be able to have it all in one place that you can truly see what your business is doing to be able to um, make, you know, move and shake and, and move forward with things and understand where to kind of go from there. You know, if your numbers aren't right, if things aren't adding up, if it's kind of a mess, you'll, um, you won't truly know where to go next. How has community played into your success and how you want to bring the business to the next level? Ah, uh, okay, community. So I remember when we first launched Fave 4, you know, we knew we had tried it, we loved it, we used it, it was great. Um, and then you put it out there, right? All of a sudden you're completely exposed at this point. And we made friends and met people on Instagram because that was the biggest platform at the time when we launched. And then we put a... Um, on our own website, we put a, a reviews platform. So now people can leave reviews on their products, right? So they buy it, they purchase it, they get it, they use it. They get, a, they get an email to submit a review. The community of Fave4 users truly solidified everything we had thought, but were, was worried about. They came through with the best reviews. And I know that sounds, um, you know, like, well, reviews are, are now are just, that's what you just do, right? But eight years ago, there it wasn't as popular as it is now. So we kind of laughed at the beginning because these reviews would come in and they were fantastic, you know, and they were so sweet and they were so nice. And I'll tell you, I was very cynical um, in the beginning because I thought people only write reviews when they hate something, right? Like, I, I just, I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. We're so exposed. People, what are people, are people going to say anything nice? Because let's face it, people aren't always nice on the internet. Um, but these reviews that came in really boosted our confidence. Um, it really helped us feel good about ourselves and about what we have, what we had done, the products we had put out there. Um, just the sweetest, best reviews on the products. So that truly helped. And talking about community, it's the community that really can build you up um, when, when you need it. And that's when we needed it to say, okay, I, I did this and I feel really great about it. So 
that was very important. And they continue. Our return rate um, of customers that come back to purchase is astronomically high. And it's, it's great because that shows that we have a very loyal following. Um, and it's also encouraging to say, we just need to find more people. More people need to know about us. Um, because then I feel like we could really, you know, grow in that aspect. But um, yeah, the community keeps us going. And so, you know, we're, when we think about now of launching new products or getting in new retailers, we know that it is going to be our faithful customers that will be the ones to embrace it and to um, help make it a success at the beginning. So then now we can kind of use that model and use that model to expand and, and get more people to try or, you know, more people to learn about the brand. That's amazing. So how can consumers find you, get in contact with you or the brand um, and buy the products? Um, we are on Instagram at fave for hair and it's the number four. Um, I also have my own, um, I have my own hair Instagram and I'm fave for girl Lynn, L Y N N E. And, um, I mostly post about, um, hair, obviously my hair, my little girl's hair, and sometimes about margaritas. Um, and then, um, and then you can find us on Facebook the same way and on Pinterest. Um, we do a lot on Pinterest. Pinterest is a, is a fun platform. Um, it, it's a fun page, to, uh, social media platform to get on because, you know, people are going looking for hair. And so we're able to provide lots of step-by-steps or product knowledge. And um, it, it's, it's fun for us. Amazing. Well, thank you, Lynn, for being amazing and um, coming on here. You're so sweet. Thank you very much. Of course. I'm excited to see you guys keep growing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just want to launch products all day long, every day. (laughs) Lynn has shown courage, filling a space in the beauty industry, helping others early in her company's journey, battling anxiety, investing in doing things the right way, and following her gut instinct and being willing to accept that she won't always get it right off the bat and keep going forward. It's about coming to each pivotal moment and saying, okay, now we're here. This is just a part of the journey I signed up for. Let's face it, evaluate where we landed, ask then what, move forward and say, next. I'm Lahari Neil Peretti. See you next time. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Ellen Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening.